BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. How crazy was it Monday night when Steve Kerr pulled up with COVID like 30 minutes before the game and they had to let Mike Brown coach the dubs in their game against the Grizzlies? Of course, Brown got the head coaching gig with the Sacramento Kings same day. And then later that night, he's coaching the dubs in their game four against the Grizzlies. Of course, he's going to finish his job as an assistant for Kerr and the Warriors season moves on as they try to get to the Western Conference Finals. But the Warriors did it. Brown got it done. Big comeback for the Dubs. They won it 101-98. Remember, John Morant did not play in that game. The Dubs now lead the series 3-1 to one as it heads back to Memphis tonight. The Dubs played sloppy pretty much the whole game. They had... Six turnovers in the first quarter, and the Grizzlies jumped out 15-8. Golden State hacked up the threes early. They missed their first 15 threes, and then Porter finally hit one uh, with about three minutes left in the first half. It was embarrassing. So with about nine and a half minutes left in that game Monday night, the Warriors were down eight, and over the next three minutes... The Warriors outscored the Grizzlies 12-4. Curry scored 18 of his 32 in the final quarter, eight of which came at the free throw line. Curry was 10 of 25 from the floor, not exactly pretty. He was 4 of 14 from beyond the three. Thompson was trashed, 6 of 20 from the floor. Poole wasn't much better, 4 of 12. Neither one of those guys hit a three in the game. You got to give the Grizzlies credit for their defense and what they've been able to do to Thompson and Poole and really, for that matter, Curry. I know he had the big fourth quarter, and he's the reason they won, but the Grizzlies have been doing a good job defensively against this team. So the bottom line is is that Kerr's not going to be coaching him again tonight in Memphis. It'll be Brown one more time for the Dubs as they try to close out the series against the Grizzlies in Game 5. The way the Grizzlies played that whole game, they blew it. Bottom line, they had that game, and the series would be 2-2, but they didn't get it done. So my feeling is they got to get it done tonight, and my guess is that they will. 
I thought the Warriors got lucky to win that game Monday night. Now, how about that performance the Celtics put on in Milwaukee Monday night? Al Horford going off for 30 points. And really, there was a dunk in the third where Giannis threw it down. And then he gave basically Horford the business. Uh, He said something to him, and Horford couldn't make it out. He said it didn't sit well with him, and that's what got him going. Horford went off in the fourth. Anyway, started hitting every shot. Celtics won the game 116-108 at five serve, and now uh, they play tonight in Boston, and the series is 2-2. You know, Milwaukee had a 10-point lead late in the third quarter of that game. Horford had this huge slam. He got a technical on it for basically giving Giannis the business back. Uh, But it was a 10-0 run that got the Celtics back in the game. And then they took control. After Giannis had been teed up with 10.56 left in the third, the Celtics outscored the Bucs 68-54. And Horford outscored Giannis 19-17. In that stretch, the Celtics shot 61% from the floor. The Bucs 48%. And the Celtics hit 8 of 15 from three, whereas the Bucks were four of ten. Bottom line is, the Celtics defense is so tough that they're causing the Bucks problems and getting good looks. They're not getting any. They're not getting good shots. Every shot is contested. They're, you know, having Smart take charges on Giannis. Uh, they're just clamping down defensively and in particular, on the boards. They're getting every rebound. The Bucks aren't getting second chances. And the Bucks are missing bunnies inside in the low block because the Celtics are all over them. Every time they touch the ball, they got somebody just absolutely mauling them. Horford had 16 and was 6 of 6 from the floor in the fourth quarter, knocking down a pair of big threes, couple free throws. He had the 30, as I mentioned, a playoff high for the 35-year-old who was playing in his 132nd career postseason game. You go back to Saturday, and he had 22 and 16 boards in a Game 3 loss, and... It made the Celtics look in the mirror and say, listen, we're not losing again here in Milwaukee. We're going to go out and win game four no matter what and go back to Boston tied up in the series. The Celtics followed Horford, what he was doing in the fourth quarter. They scored 43 points on 16 and 19 shooting to run away with it. The 43 fourth quarter points were the most in the final quarter in franchise history. They did it before in Game 5 back in 2001 against Philly. And Boston shot 84% from the floor in the fourth quarter. I mean, they looked fantastic. You know, Tatum said uh, after the game, uh, anytime Al turns back the clock and he looks like his old self, it gets everybody off the bench. Al plays with so much passion. When Al is playing with passion like that, everybody else has to follow. Al Horford lit up the Celtics and got everybody rocking on Monday night in their win. Boston ended up shooting 50% from the floor in a game, 37.8% from downtown, 90% from the line. They hit 18 of 20 free throws. 
They had foul trouble. They had 25 fouls in the game to the Bucks 17, but it didn't matter. They got out-rebounded 48-38. It didn't matter. Bottom line, the Bucks shot 41.5% from the floor, 33% from downtown, and really a crappy 77% from the line. They were 21-27 from the stripe. Boston even had more turnovers, 11 to the 7 for the Bucks. I got to tell you, bottom line, going into game five tonight, I start leaning toward the Celtics. I think they're going to win this game. I think they've played phenomenal defense. I think the Bucs have to work way too hard to score. They have Giannis, who had 34, 18 boards, five dimes, but he also had four turnovers. Bottom line is they got to get more guys contributing. I know Lopez had 17 and seven boards. Holiday had 16 and nine dimes. Matthews had 12 points. He hit three of four from downtown. Allen was basically terrible. He had seven points, which is nothing. And then uh, the real disappointment was Bobby Portis. He had four points and six rebounds. I mean, Bobby Portis has to do way more than that. That's all there is to it. George Hill played. He had four points. I mean, uh, they were all awful. And uh, they just didn't get any contributions. Whereas the Celtics had White uh, pitching in with 11. Uh, Jalen Brown had 18. Smart had 18 and eight dimes. And then Tatum had 30 as well as Horford's 30. Tatum 30, 13, and 5. I mean, they're getting contributions from everybody. And they just flat out score. I don't think the Bucks are going to get good looks or good shots in Boston tonight with that defense of the Celtics. I'm telling you, you start to think the Celtics defense will be the difference in them winning this series, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they could very well win that as well. Uh, I think they'll play Miami, and let's say Miami has the same problems getting good looks against the Celtics the way the Bucs have had to struggle. The other thing is, is that the Bucs haven't had Middleton. Middleton would be a guy dropping 20 to 25 points a game automatic and someone that they could look to in the fourth to make buckets. Meanwhile, he's been out with a knee, so they don't have that guy that can contribute late in the game and knock down shots when they need it most. They rely too heavily on Giannis, and you just can't count on Lopez anymore. And Holiday was having 25-point games, but when he chips in a 16 spot, it's not good enough. Matthews doesn't do enough. Uh, Grayson Allen doesn't do enough. Portis isn't doing it. Connaughton isn't doing it. Connaughton had 11. It's just not enough. And, you know, when you look back at that Memphis loss by three at Golden State, I think the free throws killed them. They were 9 of 15 from the line, 60%, whereas the Warriors were 20 of 22 at 90%. Both teams shot about the same from the floor, 41.7% for the Grizzlies, 40% for the Dubs, and then 25% from three for Memphis, 24.3% from three from the Dubs. So Curry has 32 in that game with five boards and eight dimes. He was the deal. Wiggins had 17, Thompson 14. Thompson, as I said, 0 of 7 from 3, 6 of 20 from the floor. Porter had 12, 
and Poole had 14, but he was 0 for 3 from 3 and 4 or 12 from the floor. And just as I said earlier, those kind of stats aren't good enough if the Dubs want to be able to win in Memphis tonight. I thought the Grizzlies spread it out nicely. Jackson had 21, Brooks had 12, Adams had 10 and 15 boards. Tyus Jones had 19 and 5 assists. Bain had 8 points and 6 assists. Anderson had 17 and 8 rebounds. And Williams had 7. Even Clark chipped in with 4. If the Grizzlies get that kind of productivity tonight from everybody off of their bench and their starters, they'll beat the Dubs and get back into the series and have to go back to San Francisco down 3-2. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.